It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. We have legal questions. We go to a great legal mind. This is a big story, too, Ed. we got a couple of them here, actually. Yeah. The, 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 the big one we're going to go to. Here on the AcuteHearingCenters.com hotline, our good friend, the Bulldog, Eric Dieters. Bulldog, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Hope you guys are well and dry. Well, we are. We are. Yeah, so far, so good. So so tell us this, Bulldog. The, the big news, uh, what, uh, last night came out uh, that the Nick Sandman uh, family and his attorney are suing the Washington Post, the big bad WAPO, for $250 million. Now, I believe when you were on with us last time talking about this, you had said that uh, something called false light is the term, the terms that an attorney that. would use to, yes. to sue a, a newspaper or another entity. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, so what are the what are the uh, I guess the the details of this this lawsuit versus the WAPO? Well, the, the bottom line is 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 what false light is is it's a form of defamation where uh, you may or may not say something specific like you would in defamation, like if if I said Bill Cunningham was a pedophile when it's not true, versus saying something that would allow somebody to might think something and and hold them up just what it says in a false light. I th- I think that shocked me was on this lawsuit was the two hundred and fifty million, and I was like. What? Well, Are you, you kidding you, me? You, I mean, I do people say, sit around in a room and so, say... That's what I wanted to ask you. Where so, would a figure like that come from? Well, 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 let me just tell you. First off, you don't have to put a figure in a lawsuit. <laughs> you you can do it if you want for the drama. Like, for example, this Lynn guy that's the, 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 the guy from Georgia who's, who's the main counsel in all this. You know, he says, well, they, he filed a $750,000 million lawsuit. Well, the issue is, well, how much did they get? And with all candor, and by the way, I'm on Cubcast side, I'm on Nick Salmon's side, I'm on my good friend Carlo Wessels, who happens to be uh, a partner in the, the law firm that filed this. And I told Carlo, I actually sent him a text, and I said, what's up with this $250 million? He said, well, if you look at the body of the lawsuit, they mentioned $250 million because that's how much Jeff Bezos paid for the Washington Post. <laughs> so, 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 so everybody wondered how they came with the $250 million. That's the reason why. Um, let, let me just tell you this. I think Nick Sand. I, I hope this, this, these lawsuits are successful and all that. But when you get down to damages, every case, folks, it's either you have to prove fault, but then you have to prove damages, and it's not that easy. And one of the things about Nick Sandman is when you're dealing with a situation where you know he's now actually famous, people say this is going to follow him anywhere and everywhere. Is it all bad? I mean, you look at, like, all these famous uh, movie stars and whatnot. They get famous after a sex tape is freaking released. You know, I don't think Nick Sandman – I mean, if I was sitting on a jury, if I was sitting on a jury, I would want to punish the Washington Post and these other news outlets – 
But I wouldn't be giving Nick Sandman no two hundred and fifty million bucks. <laughs> I mean I mean I mean, does he deserve a million dollars for punitive damages and all yeah, I'd give it I'd give the kid a million bucks to teach him all a lesson. But and the other thing that's very interesting about this is you know they say they sent these out to all these different entities and whatnot. Well, you don't get to collect the same amount of money over and over and over again to compensate you if it's all part of the same big old scheme. You see what I'm saying? In other words, let's say they send fifty uh they file fifty lawsuits against fifty different people and entities. Well you can't get two hundred and fifty million dollars from fifty different people. <laughs> Why not? Damn it. I mean like you know, if you throw enough darts against the wall, one's gonna stick, right? We're talking to Eric Dieter's a bulldog. A bulldog, let me ask you. Do you do you think a situation like that, I mean, naming that crazy number might actually hurt the kid's case? I, you know what? That's funny that you said that because that's what I texted Carlo. I said, Carlo, I said, man, I said, don't you think that runs the risk of turning public opinion against? Right. Because, see, I'm on their side. And I thought to myself, come on, man. And I'm even on their side. So I, I think it does risk that. It, it almost, it, and by the way, I, I can't stress this enough, what happened to Nick Sam. And again, I want to preface, I'm on his side. He was not accused of a rape like the Duke Lacrosse people. He wasn't accused of being a terrorist like the Atlanta guy that Lynn Wood represented. He wasn't accused of murder like John Benet Ramsey's brother was that Lynn Wood represented. He didn't get harmed like that. Right. So, 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 so again, I, listen, I'm with you, Rocky, I, and, and you, you too, Eddie. This fake news and how they picked on this kid and all that stuff, I'm all for it. Here's the other thing that you need to understand. The Washington Post is going to get to say, wait a minute. Their, their own diocese sent out an early press release. And, and Washington Post has already written a story that says, well, this is a little different than what it was. So everybody jumped to the wrong conclusion. I, I, I have to imagine, is, is the big number... I, just don't think the lawsuit, I, just, I don't think the lawsuit is worth very much. Right, but but is it is it kind of a fish thing where you 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 threaten them with two hundred fifty million and you hope they come back and say, look, can we make this go away for five million and get the hell out of here? Yeah, that kind of strategy? that's 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 the kind of thing that happens. And the other thing that comes up is how much are they willing to pay uh, to avoid the, def- the defense of the case and everything else? They filed it here. Just to let everybody know, they filed it here in federal court because it's called diversity jurisdiction. When you sue an entity, you you can do that you, because they're they're in Washington. He's here. It's in federal court. So they at least have him in a, what, what you would hope would be a uh, favorable jurisdiction because it's local. But the case has got lots of issues. Another thing is it's, it's a matter of opinion. Um, now, the good thing is he's a private citizen, so he doesn't have to prove malice like if, if he was a public official. Though some people say, well, he might be a little bit of a public official. Nah, he's not a public official. He's not a, he, he, he was a kid. He might be a public official now, but he surely, or surely wasn't a public figure. I mean, not public official. But the bottom line is a lot of this has to do with an opinion and perception and everything else. I mean, here's an example. I can say Rocky and Eddie are a bunch of jerks. They're terrible at radio. Well, that's just my opinion. That's not slanderous. Now, if I said Bill Cunningham's a convicted pedophile and he isn't, well, he could sue my butt because it's because it's totally false. So, with that said, Eric, I mean, let's let's play a game here. Let's pretend you are a part of the prosecution. What's the biggest 
uh, hammer you go to court with in making your case for why Nick Sandman should get 250 million bucks? You appeal to the political sympathy of what you hope is a favorable jury. Because if you go in the Eastern District of Kentucky, you're going to have Northern Kentucky jurors. Just to let everybody know, Trump, Bush, you go back in time, you're winning 70% uh, of the presidential election in the 4th Congressional District the Fed, in northern Kentucky. In other words, it's not Hamilton County the way Hamilton County is voting. Northern Kentucky is conservative as they get, so you're going to have a very sympathetic uh, jury. The problem is getting to that jury. Here's where this case might settle. Preliminary motions to dismiss it, which will go on for a long time. What they try to do is they, thought they try to get it dismissed quick. If they overcome a motion to dismiss it early and they, they get a chance to go to a jury, that's when the case could settle. Because if you're the Washington Post, you don't want a Northern Kentucky jury deciding right. this case uh, because that's, that's where you're going to get scared. That's where you're going to get scared. So if the case was held in Washington D.C., they'd say, "Bring it on, let's go to court." But now they're like, "Wait, you're right. this is uh, Trump country, and politics right. play into this." So, and that's the adva- that's and by the way, that's the advantage that they have. They get to sue. This is funny. They can uh, sue Bill Maher. And Eastern, they can sue him in Northern Kentucky in federal court. They get to sue all these people, <laughs> all these news outlets, CBS News. They get to sue them all in Northern Kentucky, and that's the advantage. Not a lot of Bill Maher fans, I don't think. In, in, uh, <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, the way you and I think, Rocky, that's eighty yeah. percent of the people that live in Northern Kentucky. Interesting. So uh, again, real quick, then what is what is Washington Post? What's their biggest uh, you know claim? Well, they're gonna they're gonna just say, hey, listen, we this is all a matter of opinion. We were simply sharing videos. Any comments that were made about it were opinion based upon the information that was found at the time. Uh, even their own bishop. Uh, threw him under the bus. That's a good point. I mean, exactly. I mean all that kind of stuff. So that's what the, how they get to defend it. They get to say this is political. You know, and, you know, he he had a Trump hat. It was a political situation. We're all commenting about it politically. So that's what they get to say. They get to say we weren't slandering a guy. You know, we we're just giving the, the, making comments about it like everybody else in the world was. We didn't say that the guy was a uh, a pedophile. We didn't say. And by the way, this is a great question. I thought I talked to Willie about this once. Is being called a racist, slander, or is it a matter of political opinion? It's probably a matter of political opinion. The three of us can call each other a racist. Mm -hmm. I don't think we look at that as slander, do we? I'm, I'm not right. according to today's definition. Well, okay. That sounds like opinion to me. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. You might think that. Now, now real quick, what, I mean, he's still going after uh, the Kathy Griffins of the world, correct, right? Yes. So yes. now I assume, I mean, they, I mean, she, for instance, actually called him by name and said, let's look this kid up, let's look all these other kids up and, and kind of go after him kind of thing. Is the case going to be stronger? And will Kathy Griffin get to come to Northern Kentucky and go to court? Somebody, somebody like Kathy Griffin who said much more specific. Things right, is probably much more in jeopardy. The other problem, though, you got a, a people like Kathy Griffin, and she's probably broke about now. So any any amount of money that you get from her, yeah. you're probably not even going to be able to collect. I mean, it is. Put it this way: the whole ball game, the whole ball game of what they're doing. See, they went out and got 
I know Todd McMurtry too, by the way. I went to high school with Todd. Uh, to what, what they did is they went and got Lynn Wood uh, from Georgia, national libel guy, and the whole idea is is to scare the hell out of all those national news organizations who are used to writing big checks to just avoid the problem and avoid the risk and everything else. That's the game plan. I mean, by the way, I don't know that. Carlo hasn't talked to me about that. I'm just, I'm just saying that's obvious what the right, game plan is. The game plan is is to try to shake them down. And I, I don't mean to say that in a negative connotation, but to scare them into, into writing good checks. And let's face it, folks, if they go and they get a million dollars here, a million dollars here, a million dollars here, a million dollars there, that's small potatoes to some of these entities, and uh, Nick Salmon might do very well. I, I just hope whatever happens, whether he gets all the money or a little bit or whatever, he should get something. I, I hope it affects the future of how stories are covered by I the media in the future. I agree with you, Rob. I don't know, guys. Good luck with that. I mean, <laughs> I mean, because we all know, the three of us know now, being connected to the business, it's still all about the scoop. Being first. It's you're about right. being you're, first. Yeah, you're right. It ain't, it ain't accuracy. You're right. It's being first. You're now, right. I wish that was wrong, but you all, you two know as well as I do. It depends on the penalty. That's pe- what right. it is. But it, it'll depend on the penalty. That's where, right. like you said, Eric, if it's a million bucks, they'll be like, okay, fine. That's nothing to us. But right. if they hit them pretty hard, maybe the other, you know, the New York Times the worlds or the other Gannets, whatever, say, listen, man, we, we can't keep doing this. Right. So. And, and and I think I don't think you get to keep collecting the same amount of money for the same issue. So that's going to be an interesting point, too. But, but this way, trust me, I would love if Dieter's Law had that case. He <laughs> 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 is salivating thinking about that 250 mil, Carlo, baby. I'm always, tell, I'm always telling Carlo about our Durrani cases, and, and uh, now I get to listen to him about the salmon case. <laughs> yeah, nice, nice. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Bulldog, always a pleasure, buddy. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Eric. There's uh, Eric Dieter's the uh, bulldog. Damn, we forgot to ask him about Carl Lagerfeld's cat. Well, we, you we know what? We'll, we'll save that for yeah. another day. We right. yeah, we uh, we did run. In case you haven't heard, uh, this Lagerfeld uh, fellow who died uh, yesterday or two days ago. Uh, there is uh, some. Uh, He's some, worth like two hundred million dollars. Like two hundred fifty. Well, I think it's about yeah, two hundred fifty million dollars. Yeah. And there's rumor afoot that he left it all to his cat. <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> I don't know how that works, but you know, good for him, I guess. <laughs> That's a lot of kibble, man. Yes. Oh, uh, so what do you got, Rob? From the UC Health Traffic Center, UC Health in Science lives hope. Couple problem areas right now. Northbound 471, there's an accident off the merge from westbound 275 blocking the right lane. And another uh, between Newport Bellevue and Grand. It's blocking the left lane. You're heavy back to the. Eddie Rocky, coming up here, we're going to be talking to Amy Wagner, Simply Money, talking about internet scams. Man, they're out there, and they get their uh, hooks into your kid real quick. I mean, it really is. I mean, they find anything, any entity that's popular. There's a lot of people. It's, I mean, it's pretty simple, really, but now it's, 
you know how much we've talked about last week about the kids are on the YouTube. They have their favorite YouTube channel. I, hell, I got my favorite YouTube channel. Now they're targeting these kids and stealing the bucks. And telling you to go to mom and dad, go to mom's purse or dad's wallet. And, yeah, that's hey, the best. They won't care. Not even like being shy about it. I blatantly tell them, go, you know, if you want the upgrade to your uh, right. you know, Fortnite. You want uh, the new super secret weapon? Right. Hey, it's only $11. It's only a piece of plastic. It's not even money. <laughs> The hell, there's a couple numbers on it, no big deal. No one notices. Uh, that's coming up. And speaking of entities you can't do without, check out that blog. All kinds of cool stuff there, including the, I've never, this was a security video. Did you see this thing where the hawk is, I didn't see this is trying to carry the lady's puppy away? And the lady's out there swatting. I know, I've seen videos like this before. She's that's... battling the hawk, and the Jeez. hawk's got the puppy in its Claws taking home to the the baby. Dad, one of the weirdest uh, frogs you're ever going to want to see, and there they are in all their majesty. My boy over here, yeah, out in Arizona. Yeah, I got the the pics, a little description of our trip, and I got about I guess about thirty something pictures on there, including me uh, a lot of me being a pyro. I need two things. I told you, this, I need two things when I camp: whiskey and a campfire. <laughs> Is there, I mean, other than that, I, I'm I can I am very loose. So whatever you want to do, <laughs> I'm I'm with. But I got to have a campfire during the night. I got to have a little something to sip on let's, around said campfire. Let's face it: what goes to better <laughs> together better than whiskey and fire? Yes, exactly. It's very safe. So do <laughs> they? Uh, when you're out there in the range like this, uh, and I'm serious, and you got to check out these pictures. They're very cool. When you're out there on the on the range, like do you just kind of grab a spot to camp in, or there is there a designated little area you're allowed well, you, to be usually in? Usually, you, you want to be usually you want to be near water because you got to process. I mean, I get water I, I get what you want to do, but can you find yourself a place next to a stream and there you there you? Yeah, plop? you can go wherever you want. Now, you know, usually by now there's like the places some where pretty worn places. Yeah, well, there's some. You know, you'll see there are kind of where people have camped before because there'll be a little you know thing where there was a fire and it's usually close to water and there'll be some sort of you know like a you know some trees for some cover you know there's there's some i mean we actually the campsites we want up stand the first night we were on top like on top of a, like a saddle of a of a mountain it was really cool but god the wind whipped um then the next day we didn't really have a good sight but along the way that next day we were hiking we found probably four like other like just amazing campsites we're like damn we wish we would have camped here but you never know you know I've never, we've never been on that trail so you don't really know you may pass one up and the next good place to set up shop ain't for you know another 10 miles so kind of gotta you know, just kind of go with your gut and roll with it sometimes well check them all out there they're at uh, 700 wlw.com eddie and rocky easy to find that blog coming up amy wagner's gonna join us but now the news news radio 700 wlw all right, Rock, always a pleasure to talk to uh, our friend Amy Wagner with Simply Money. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, as we've talked about in the last couple of days, if, if there's something that's popular, they're going to develop some sort of scam there's to uh, scam rope you in. And that's what we're talking about today, Amy, right? Like, I guess there are YouTube with all the, you know, we we, we talked last week, was it, Ed, about uh, some of these popular YouTube channels, these popular uh, personalities. Hosts or whatever you want yeah. to call them. Oh, you guys are so uncool. Nobody calls them personalities or hosts. Oh. YouTubers. It's YouTubers. Oh, is that what they are? I don't know. All I know is they annoy the hell out of me. Here's why I know. I have a 13-year-old daughter, and she'll be like, well, Mom, like, you really don't have a social media following because like, these YouTubers that I follow have eight gazillion people right. following yes. them, right? Yes. And that's kind of 
the newest thing. I mean, I don't know what everyone else grew up with, like Seventeen Magazine, and you followed people in there or whatever it was that you liked. Kids are now following people on YouTube because, you know, all they have to do is upload these videos and the kids feel like they're part of their lives. It's amazing how huge the following has become. Here's the problem. Wherever there is a huge amount of people, there's also going to be scammers looking at how they can, of course, get their claws on them. Monetizing. So here's what's happening. Say my daughter has a favorite YouTuber uh, and then gets a personal message that looks like it came from that YouTuber saying, hey, thanks for following me. Click on this link and put some personal information in here. I'm going to send you a gift for following that's only available to 100 people who follow me, whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. I can tell you, uh, before we started researching this story, my daughter would have probably done that, you know? I mean, I had to go home and say, hey, listen, we need to talk before, but so this message goes out to kids or whoever is following these YouTubers. It sounds like you've been selected for the special deal, takes you to another site, you put in all kinds of personal information, and then of course, that's where you have your problem. The hard part, Amy, is, you know, in the old days when everyone just had like one home computer, you could kind of, a parent could kind of keep their eye on what their kid was doing, but now the the internet is available on the phones when the kids are away from the parents, so what's your advice on on how to stop this from from happening? God forbid my kid should sit down on a desktop computer. He wouldn't know what to do. What What is this? Keyboard. Absolutely. (laughs) YouTube does have great parental control, so I would start there. I mean, we did this when our kids first got an iPad of, you're not going to have access to everything that's on YouTube because I can't handle everything that's on YouTube. So those parental controls, if you haven't checked them out, make sure you get on there. They're really easy to use. They're really easy to put into place. But you've got to have a conversation with your kids, too, about if someone's reaching out to you, you have to let me know before you get back in contact with them. I mean, YouTube says, listen, we're aware that this is a problem. We're removing these, you know, scammers as we come across them. But let's face it, there's so many of them out there. I don't know how big YouTube staff is, but I guarantee they're popping up far more quickly than they can get to them. So, and we're talking to Amy Wagner, uh, Simply Money, but it goes another step beyond that. Now, what's this Fortnite scam that's going on? Oh, Amy? This, Fortnite. Now, now this involves mom and dad, and that's when well, it starts hitting a little close to home. Uh, full disclosure here, I have a nine-year-old son who calls me the most uncool mom on the planet because he's the only one ever on the face of the planet not to be able to play Fortnite. <laughs> ah, geez, yeah. Of course. And I feel like he might be because everyone talks about this game wherever we go. And, you know, this was uh, this came about in 2017. 10 million downloads in the first two weeks that this was out because it's a free game and it's a shoot 'em up, you know, kill 'em game. But I think a lot of parents were cool with it because the person just disappears. There's not like a bloody, gory mess left behind where they were shot. Well, Fortnite has become so popular, the makers of that game came out with a new one called Apex Legends. And this is just released, been out just a few weeks. It's already, though, blowing Fortnite's download records out of the water. 25 million downloads in one week. So I guarantee if your kid has heard of or played Fortnite, they likely probably already have Apex Legends. A few things that we want to make sure parents know about this. First of all, if you were cool with Fortnite because there wasn't blood, this game has blood. It has more realistic weapons, um, and, and it, it looks more realistic. More, more so, like Call of Duty, right? Like yeah, that sort yeah. Of stuff, I, right. I think probably somewhere between Fortnite and Call of Duty here is what we're talking mm-hmm. about. But we have seen far too often where 
because these are free games, kids are trying to figure out how can I get better at this, right? They're playing it with their buddies. They want to be the best one to play it. Um, and there are all kinds of videos out there on YouTube and blogs and things like that that kids are going to. And a lot of these say you need to get a credit card. And in some cases, yeah. they'll even go so far to say steal your parents' credit card. <laughs> See, that's just upfront no about joke. it, right? No, you're no not Like that step one, find your mom's purse, right? <laughs> get the credit card. Um, and kids are, and it, it is happening. I had a mom who I've worked with on many stories reach out to me uh, several weeks ago. Her son had racked up $950 in charges um, on her credit card. Now, now, I mean, let me stop you right there just for a second. Do you have any recourse in that situation? Or you you know, just... she did. She actually oh, really? okay. did. She was able to reach out to the company, and they did refund some of these charges. However, I had another friend uh, text me over the weekend, and this was like an expletive-laden text message of, like, you are not going to believe this. My, his daughter, who's a middle schooler, 140 bucks on his credit card, uh, and, and all told about 700 bucks over the past few years of downloads. Wow. For skins and weapons to make them better at this game, uh, and and he wasn't able to get the money back. I think it's a long process, and you figure your parent number ten thousand seven hundred and ninety-two in line to get a refund. Uh, you know, I don't know how easy it is to get through this process. So, um, mm. for. You know, for parents out there whose kids are all about Fortnite, maybe all about Apex Legends, make sure you're talking to them about. However you feel, and one thing I would say to parents, too, is you can go onto YouTube, you can look up what these games look like, so you know what your kids are playing before you allow them to get on. Well, and the hard part, Amy, I would imagine, is I would say these, you know, if you want a different shield or a different gun, it's probably a buck or a two bucks here. So when you're looking down your statement, you don't see anything that jumps out, but all those things are adding up to the 140 or $240 kind of things, correct? Well, in some cases, we're talking like $18. So oh, not necessarily something that would raise a red flag. You know, right. kids not spending Still, yeah. $250, but at $18. And, you know, also you have to think about credit cards. I think kids just see a swag from all the time and don't realize there is actually money attached to them. So the larger <laughs> conversation of, you don't just take this there's out two of, lessons here yeah, <laughs> don't steal and it's not magical yes, the cards exactly. actually represent money there's actually cash money that has to come yes. from this card that, yes, that will now absolutely. come out of your hide yes. exactly well and you know it's uh, one of these uh, parents that i was talking about has had several conversations with their kid about this through the years but that draw of being able to be a little better at this game when kids are so competitive about it and playing it all the time my, you know i said my son can't play it but i do the carpool for basketball and the other kids have their phones out the second they get off the basketball court they're playing Fortnite again oh yeah i mean it, it absolutely like i swear it like, takes over their minds or whatever but it is a huge draw kids are playing it so parents need to be aware this is the newer better more updated version a little gorier than Fortnite, and uh you know same parental warning here lock down your credit cards have a conversation with your kids and, Amy, I can totally relate to this because I was just having a little flashback here. Well, I don't know what the game was before Fortnite or two games before that. Mm -hmm. But I remember my boys coming to me. Hey, Dad, uh, it's only like $8. Can I get this thing? It's going to make me invincible. <laughs> I, I think I fell for it like three times. And I'm like... Ho, 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 ho. You know, Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Eddie sees where this is heading. You're done. You're hey, as, as invincible. Practice. As, get better at the right. game. You're, Don't buy your way. You're as invincible as you're going to get. Yes. Sorry yeah. about your luck. Yeah. Hey, I'll tell you, my, my son, even a game that they play through school, uh, that they're all allowed to play, and it's a math prodigy game or whatever, and I like it because, of course, there's math problems in it, but even that, if you want to be able to get to the next level, he came to me the other day, Mom, it's only, I think it's $8 a month. I'm like, what? No! Well, it's educational, Mom, and so yeah, you just okay. have to understand the slippery slope that any of these things, when, you know, nothing is truly free out there. They're going to find a way to suck your children and therefore you and your credit card in, and you have to be having a bigger conversation with your kids. It's not cool. We can't do this here. All right. With that, Amy, we'll let you go. Thanks so much. Have a good one. Thanks, Amy. Amy Wagner, Simply Money. Yeah, eight bucks a month for porn. That's educational, too. (laughs) Much better spending your money. (laughs) Oh, I thought she was gone. I can hear you. She hears everything. That's our next next segment. Uh, Thanks, Amy. Bye, guys. Uh, Now let's let's cut bait. Uh, (laughs) Rock, we're talking a lot of legalities here today. Now we're taking it all the way to the Supreme Court. Our good friend Aaron Katursky, ABC News, here on the AcuteHearingCenters.com hotline. Aaron, what are we talking about here, a Supreme Court ruling? A a Supreme Court ruling uh, that involves the um, state's abilities to seize private property involved in a crime. This came up in uh, in next door to you in Indiana when Tyson Timms was arrested for selling heroin, about $400 worth of heroin. And a police in Marion, Indiana, ended up seizing his Land Rover, his $42,000 Land Rover. Oh. And uh, Timms had argued that it was uh, an excessive seizure. And, and a lower court in Indiana was actually inclined to agree, saying that uh, seizing the car was disproportionate to the severity of, of the crime. Indiana's highest court said, well, you know, the, the car was part of his uh, sale of heroin, so it was used in the commission of a crime. And the, the, uh, the Indiana top court wasn't convinced that the, the, the constitutional protection against excessive uh, fines actually uh, applied to the states. The Supreme Court today said that it does. So what do they do, though, Aaron? Let's say kind of in the same scenario, let's say someone sells $1,000 worth of heroin, and the only single asset they have to their name is their $10,000 car. What, I mean, how do they how do they seize something without taking his whole and only asset that's worth 10 times the amount of the crime? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure it, it has to do with the amount of heroin sold necessarily as, as much as whatever classification. Now, obviously, if there was more, uh, more drugs, you're probably talking about a federal crime and, and, you know, and then it's a, it's a different standard. But here, um, the, the Supreme Court ruled that, that excessive fines are, uh, you know, are unconstitutional. And, and in this particular case, um, you know, this, this particular case specifically was unconstitutional, and uh, because the the Supreme Court and Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg wrote the opinion, and it was a unanimous opinion, um, said that such excessive fines um, undermine you know, our our liberties. They can be used to, as retaliation. They could be employed not in the service of penal purposes, but as a source of revenue. So, in other words, you don't want the cops just 
sell in your Land Rover because they needed, you know, some extra equipment. And Aaron, isn't that the that's kind of a common complaint, really? I mean, an accusation at least. It, it is a common complaint. In fact, um, you know, uh, the libertarian groups, civil liberties groups have all, um, you know, raised questions about um, the, the, the forfeiture activity uh, among law enforcement agencies. In, in 2012, uh, uh, the, the, there was uh, the Institute for Justice, which is this nonprofit, looked at 26 states uh, and their forfeiture activities. And, and in those 26 states, law enforcement agencies collected um, – you know, about a quarter billion dollars in funds and property in just one year. And if that's a, if that's going to be allowed, um, you know, there, there maybe should be an evidentiary hearing or some kind of, you know, finding that these were actually commensurate to the crimes committed. All right. With that, Aaron, thanks so much, man. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Aaron Katursky, ABC News. So we're going to be coming up here. We're going to be talking to an expert, a professor from Xavier, talking about, you know, we're always talking about how kids getting themselves in trouble on the Internet and coming back to haunt them on down the, on down the way and stuff. The, she's teaching a course that uh, part of it is teaching you how not to screw yourself on down the line. Right. Uh, Les, uh, Leslie Rasmussen, she's a professor at, uh, at Xavier. And, and, and I think it's a value. I mean, talk about, I mean, how many things do you remember in the course of your school curriculum, whether it was grade school, high school, or college, that you thought sat there in class and said, how does this have any damn, you know, attribute to my life of, of like what I'm actually going to deal with day to day? This, yeah. for instance, in my opinion, is a, is a class that you need to know and has some very valuable information. Everyone's still trying to understand this social media thing, how to act, how not to act, that sort of thing. So we're going to talk to her about, uh, I, I believe the course is on. You know, you know how to properly utilize it, but then I assume also how to, you know, not screw up too, right? More or less, how to create your own brand, almost. That sounds a little strong, right? But kind of that, you know, right? But I assume knowing all the all the pitfalls and knowing all the the different areas where your brand or so called brand can be viewed and how to how to utilize it. Well, it is a life skill. You hit the nail on the head. Yeah. I, you took the words right out of my mouth. You're gonna say, how many times were you sitting there? You know. Yeah, you know, hey, this is all well and good yeah, that yeah. they're teaching me algebra two. I <laughs> couldn't. Using it? <laughs> I couldn't begin. I took algebra two. I think I passed it. I couldn't begin to solve the most basic math problem right now. Yeah. Add, subtract, divide. I got you. I can multiply all that stuff. Anything remotely X Y Z. Forget you it. Throw son. a little geometry, a little tree, something like that. But uh, I, uh-huh. I agree with you. But this is something uh, I think is. Uh, Certainly very uh, well utilized. And while we have your ear here talking about common sense knowledge, uh, let me tell you something, kids. If you, ever, It was bad enough you were eating the, the detergent and all that the crap. Uh, <laughs> but now this new one, Rock, the 48-hour challenge. This is pretty wild. Now, if, if you haven't heard about this yet, uh, good on you. But the newest one is to go... To remove yourself from, your, you know, whatever. You're a 15-year-old kid. You live at home. You disappear for 48 hours so that your parents get afraid enough to file a missing persons complaint uh, report. And then you show up 40, 48 and a half hours later. Ha ha! Gotcha! Yeah, meanwhile, the police are involved and everyone is worried sick about it. So, so now is it just, I mean, you physically disappear and yes. you disappear off of social media and all that Correct. sort of stuff? Yeah. You go completely deep cover. Now, let me tell you something. If my son is, (laughs) either of my sons listening right now, 
if you're going to go missing for 48 hours, you might as well just make it for 48 years. <laughs> because when you come home, you'll be dead for many, many years. Right, right. Uh, that, uh, where does this stuff come from, Rock? I hate to sound like some old fuddy-duddy. I'm up for a good prank as much as the next guy. Well, you know, but you, this? Well, you said earlier, I mean, you know, a couple years ago eating Tide Pods was a thing. Well, the next thing's got to one-up that one. Well, remember the one then we had the, the bird box challenge, right, where people were like, Trying to drive their car blindfolded? Well, how do you up that? Well, I don't know. Let's just try to see if we can get the police and the CSI involved in all this and disappear and get the whole whole nation worried sick over me. Let's see if we get an army of drones <laughs> circling the tri-state trying to track me down. Nice. More on your kids after the news right now. News Radio 700 WL. JeffWeilerHonda.com. Rock, how often do you hear about someone somewhere has something on the internet that comes back to bite them in the butt? Well, it happens how many, many, more, many yeah, times. All the time. But look, there's it, it obviously social media can be a vehicle. When used properly, it can be a big time advantage, whether it's promoting something, promoting yourself, uh, you know, so it's, but I think it's. You know, our next guest, Leslie Rasmussen, she's the assistant professor of communications at Xavier. And Leslie, I, 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 we, Ed and I have uh, learned you teach a class uh, called Social Media Strategies. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. So uh, tell us what the, the curriculum uh, go. I assume it's how to properly use this, uh, this monster called social media these days, correct? Yes, correct. So we dominantly look at how we can use social media for public relations and advertising purposes. But like anything in any industry, we can take lessons from our personal life and shift them to, to meet those business goals. Um, and, and so that's where the class starts. We start by examining students' own social media use um, and what an outsider might say their personal brand is by looking at it. And then they we spend time trying to get them to you know, restructure what it is they're putting out there into a more cohesive, um, dynamic brand, if you will. I call it a brand, but really it's, you know, it's just a personal right. um, content that they're putting out there. And, Leslie, let's face it, this is – it seems like it's been around forever, but let's face it, this is relatively new. We're all learn. everybody's learning as they go, kind of fly, relatively yeah. flying blind here, Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, social media has technically been around for a couple of decades, but the way we know it is from MySpace and, and Facebook, right. which has not been that long. And the generation that I teach sort of grew up with it in their younger years on up. You know, I was in grad school when Facebook launched, so, um, yeah, they just... They just grew up with it. It's natural. It's a part of their, their life in the same way that, you know, maybe Saturday morning cartoon was. So, Leslie, tell us, how does the average person, especially average young person, um, portray their brand on social media? Right. And what mistakes are they making and what should they be right. doing differently? How do they think they're portraying themselves and how are they portraying themselves? I'm guessing it's two different things. Yeah, you know, I think initially there's always that moment of reflection and thinking what they're putting out is not really... Um, I don't say inflammatory, but in some cases inflammatory. 
Um, and other times they just think, well, you know, we're having fun. It's not a big deal, blah, blah, whatever. We're putting this out. Or, you know, again, like I said, they've kind of grown up with this. So this, this idea that self-disclosure is totally fine um, and we can put it all out there. So, you know, things that we see, not just, you know, from my students in particular, but just in general, I think a lot of what we see are, you know, kids using things like curse words or sharing inappropriate pictures mm -hmm. or sharing memes and gifs and, or gifs and everything else that, you know, has a deeper meaning than maybe they initially uh, realize. And then that certainly can come back to um, bite them in the backside, as you said. So, and and how realistic is it? You know, we all read, hey, look, you're out there, you know, you hit the workforce. How realistic is it, and I think we all know the answer to this, that people really are checking up on your social media history? It's one of the first, that's one of their first go-tos, isn't it? You know, I, I always tell students in my class. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Access and they're kind of shocked. So back in 2005, when I had my first, you know, job post-grad school, um, I worked for a nonprofit, and we had a job to an opening. And my boss had me take about 20 resumes and looked at their MySpace and Facebook pages. Wow. And it was, you know, even back then we were looking it up and doing it. And um, so, yeah, it definitely, I think, happens now. Uh, and they should be aware of that. Uh, Leslie, what's your instructions for the students on, I mean, look, let's face it, you know, the more inflammatory things are the things that get attention. Everyone's on social media, so it's kind of hard to cut through and stand out, and kids want to be able to stand out. What's your instruction on, hey, you want to say, you know, you want to kind of have your own personality and be noticed but without going overboard to where you're looked down upon? What, what's kind of that balance there you teach them? You know, I, I often tell them to obviously stop and think about, what they want to be known for, what do they want their reputation to be, which is essentially what people say when you're not around. So mm -hmm. what do you want that to be? And I have them draft out um, some key words that would reflect that. So, for example, I have a student who's very interested in film, and so she, you know, maybe doesn't want to tweet about public relations or social media or whatever, but she wants to really have her brand centered around that. So she's also into film production, not just interested in films. So they they start out with kind of drafting out those words of that they feel is representative of themselves. And then we move into different types of categories, like, okay, you can do movie reviews, awesome, but what else? And what's going to be more engaging and help build your reputation online? Um, so production, I'm going to now show what I do for production on the, you know, the backside of the film, or I can have unboxings where I'm unboxing new equipment and sort of educating on, you know, what these things are. So like things that are entertaining, you know, relatively, um, educational, you know, informative, content like that can help them really shift 
their focus into something that's a little more useful. Um, and, you know, you can still be professional and have a personality, right? Mm-hmm. So that's one thing I try to get across to them is that, you know, it doesn't have to be stuffy, nerdy, blah, whatever. Show your personality, but just think about it first. Well, what, you know, what is cool with your friends and funny, and you get the relevance inside of it, joke and, and you the, get yeah. the inside joke, isn't necessarily going to be cool or relevant or hip to the guy who's planning on hiring you somewhere down there. Right, well, and that's the thing. There's, as I said before, there's no, there's no like connotation, right? When when you speak, sometimes with the inflection of your voice, you can tell if you're kind of and joking you're, you're not. Your but friends all, know when you're, you, you right. know, you got your inside jokes. Right. They know what you're saying. But when it's in print and someone sees that, it, there, there's no connotation. It's people can take it a, a hundred different ways and usually yeah. bad ways. Right. Yeah, you can't like you can't tell emotion from writing, right? Right. Um, or it's difficult to anyway. Yeah, absolutely. That's the reason I'm king of the emojis, Leslie. <laughs> I love a good emoji. Secure. <laughs> you know what? Eddie's we, emoji game is strong. Is very strong. But you know what? We were reading it, talking about how things can be taken wrong. That in uh, in court hearings, that in some uh, in. Uh, in evidentiary uh, stuff if emojis are used there's argument <laughs> over what different emojis mean and how you can interpret what was being said one person might say hey that guy just admitted that he robbed the bank no he didn't he said he was going to the store to get donuts which is smart yeah, a smart way to cool. use it for use for nefarious purposes you know, Correct. use the emojis yeah. i guess yeah. yeah i mean humor humor is hard because it is you know, yes, kind of like you yes. said, you have these inside jokes. Um, what's humorous in the Midwest might not be humorous in the South, even. You know, it's just there's a lot of cultural um, significance attached to what folks consider and constitute as humorous, you know. Right. So there's, there's a lot to unpack related to humor. So definitely uh, proceed with caution. Les, let me ask you this. What, what is, in your opinion, the, the future of, of social media? I mean, there's, of course, many benefits of it. I, I think there's in my opinion, even more negatives to it. I mean, we're kind of using it to destroy each other, uh, that sort yeah. of thing. I mean, how do you, what do you see five years, 10 years from now? How are we going to be using this thing? Are we going to be using this thing or is it going to go somewhere else? I think if, the, if anything goes away, it might just be the platforms we know of and there will be something else that comes in and takes its place. Mm-hmm. Um, but in general, the mode of that online communication and those computer media relationships, I don't think they're, going anywhere um i you know um maybe it's my little naive heart but i really hope that we see it move in a direction where we are activating and motivating publics for good and for you know powerful causes um but at the same time you know the realist in me knows that i mean i myself (laughs) have been a victim of online trolling um Really? And yes, I was confused as a friend of Brock Turner, the convicted Stanford rapist who went to Stanford, who's also from Ohio. Um, and I received like thousands of horrific messages online. Um, really? Xavier yeah. had to wipe me from the website. The Norwood police was involved to try to protect me. You know, it was people get people get crazy. They just do. Um, and I, you know, we see so many negative examples. Um, Let me ask you, Leslie. Leslie Rasmussen from Xavier is our guest. Let me ask you, how did that feel when you realized this wasn't just a one-off? This was a wave coming at you. Um, 
I was shocked, but at the same time, I also, this is what I study, you know, this is what I research, and I I really tried hard to, you know, separate myself from from what was being thrown at me and what, you know, what I know to be true. Um, but even that is pretty difficult when people are sending you messages that say, your, you know, little three-year-old that's in your profile picture with you is going to get raped, and what are you going to do then? You know, so that was it was very, very uh, difficult, but that same week that happened, there was a story in the news about a 15-year-old girl in Florida who committed suicide after her friends posted a picture of her in the shower um, on social media, and I thought to myself, you know what, this is... I'm glad that I am an adult who is very media literate and concerned about these social media issues, and and it happened to me because I would hate for it to happen to somebody who who doesn't have that developed mind, right? A 15 year old and the things that they must be dealing with, and when they are getting sort of attacked that way, um, and not know how to handle it. So, um, and some I tried to spin it positively in my brain uh, that way, like you know, at least I know. This is really not about me. It's about these folks online that are crazy. Well, well, well look, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. They, they, they mess with the wrong person. They, you know, they target right. someone. This is your field. This is what you do. And like you said, you you know how to handle it. Yeah. All right. With that, Leslie, we really appreciate you talking to us. Yeah, no problem. Hey, hey Leslie, Leslie, real quick. Uh, my good friend, Mac Mariani, who's a professor at Xavier, said you oh. are a rising superstar and quit making him look <laughs> bad. All right. He's amazing. Uh, Matt, if you're listening, you're the rock star. Thanks, Thanks, Leslie. All right. Y'all have a great one. Leslie uh, Rasmussen, Assistant uh, Professor of Communications at Xavier. That was good. That was good. Can you imagine, though, being a victim of something like that? Mistaken identity, and man, that just comes down on you like that? I mean, it was, She yeah. handled it way better than I would have. It would be hard to not, like... You know, just lash out. And then by lashing out, then you're kind of you're becoming just, that with right. what you hate kind of thing. Yes. Happens to me all the time. Hey, aren't you Brad Pitt? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Aren't you, uh, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio? Leonardo DiCaprio. Aren't Car- you Truman Capote? <laughs> then does their dog bite you or what happens then? <laughs> From the UC Health Traffic Center, UC Health in science lives hope. Some new accidents now. Southbound 75 at Freeman. It has the left lane closed and is, as of right Eddie and Rocky, coming up, talking about online stuff. We kind of started into it a little while ago. We'll take your calls on it. If you know anything about the 48-hour challenge, if you're a kid or somebody you've known has tried to do one of these goofy things, the 48-hour challenge, in case you just joined us, is uh, kids exactly that? They disappear for forty-eight hours. No hide, no, no sign, no hide, no air of them. Now, now, do they purposely call like the authorities and say, "Hey, so and so's missing"? I mean, do they do that, I'm, or is it just I'm they kind sure of disappear ex- and let it kind of exact rules? I think you're supposed to scare the hell out of your mom and dad, and they call the cops. Well, you succeeded. I mean, would you not kill your kids if they did? Uh, that? Absolutely. That's what I mean. Like I said, if you're going to be gone for forty-eight hours. You might as well stay gone years. forty-eight years. I don't want to see you anymore. That's what I do see. I'm going to wail on you. God. I'm trying to think what's stupider, that or the uh, the bird box challenge. I, I think that one, that one's more dangerous. I mean, talk about, look, if you throw a Tide Pod in your mouth, yeah, it sucks and it right, tastes terrible. Yeah. But you're, I mean, your parents are having a heart attack for 48 hours, right? 
Is there thinking? Well, this is literally harmful to other people. I mean, you got some detergent. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to make you gag or whatever the hell it does to you. But this, I mean, you're really, you're causing a big old stir. You get the cops involved and stuff like that. I don't think the authorities be too happy with you once they catch up with you. They should, you know. Penalize you, prosecute you, something should Big time. nip that in the bud real, real quick. But we're talking about social media, and this is kind of a weird well, story. Yeah, so, Ed, have you ever, you know, like, texted or called someone and, you know, it happened to be the wrong person, right? You text, you text a number, you think it's somebody. Yeah, you call a wrong number, whatever. Right, yeah, how's sure. it usually end? Like, somebody says, hey, oh, sorry, it's yeah. not who you're texting, right. and you go, sorry, and that's it. Well, Peter McTaggart, uh, 46-year-old, living over in England, we kept texting someone, thinking it was his wife. Turned out it wasn't his wife. It was another woman who was married. Okay. And um, instead of the conversation just ending there, it kept going. And they wound up talking to each other, like, every day on the phone. And it got even weirder. This guy travels, I, I, I believe she's in America, travels over here and lives with her and her husband. The husband's like, oh, man, it's kind of a shame. This guy's going through a terrible thing with him and his wife, his marriage. I know. Let's invite him into our house. Well, what do you think happened? Exactly. He, 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 she winds up hooking up with him, and lo and behold, though, Ed, they are now uh, happily married. Um, after 13 years together, uh, they married. Uh, this is uh, back in 2017. But Leaves husband story. for a guy she met via wrong text. Right. They both leave each other, their current Jeez, spouses, oh, to be with each other. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing, uh, just me, I'm no marital expert, but I, that marriage had to be on a little bit of thin ice. I mean, well, of course, but what would you do if, if you came home and Deb was like, you know what, this guy, random guy, was texting yeah. me and whatever, and he, long story short, we talked, and he's having some marriage trouble. Can you come and just live with us for a little bit? Yeah, Your he's, answer. He's coming in from <laughs> England. I was like, well, why don't you stay gone for 48 <laughs> years like the 48-hour challenge Enjoy can. our son. Get the hell out of here. Get the hell out of here. Let's talk to Connor about it. Hey, Connor, what can you tell us about the 48-hour challenge? All right, so I, I, I got a little bit of knowledge on this. Uh, I try to keep up with a little bit of the social fads. Uh, but it, from what I'm seeing online with these people doing it, the reason is is that they you want to get your photo on Facebook. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Or Twitter or Instagram and all these other platforms. And so that way, here's your face going viral. And now you're, you're a viral, viral trend. doesn't matter what it's for. Just people uh, see you, and now they wow. say, oh, look at this person. Connor, that, that, that makes a lot of sense because in today's world, it's not about you know, just being famous for anything. In this case, you're being famous for being falsely missing, and you're, it's, exactly. it's going viral, That's which is the nuts. goal. That's nuts, man. All right, yeah, thanks, it's, thanks it's, Connor. It's like Kendall General, Kendall General word. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Exactly. Why don't you just go put up some posters of yourself like a missing cat? Or eat a Tide Pod. I mean, it's better. While you're missing. <laughs> if you eat a Tide Pod and no one's there to see it, did it actually did make you, you vomit? Re- did you really foam at the mouth? <laughs> that was a philosophy uh, class. Oh, man.
We got the news now. News Radio 700 WLW. Patty and Rocky, and Rock has a former professional athlete. Yes. Did you feel like when you were playing, you owed it to the fans to be on the up and up with them? Deny, you know, you don't have to take them out to dinner or buy them lunch or whatever, but to be straight up, to be, for lack of a better way to put it, be nice to them. Yeah, I, I felt like I felt a responsibility to the city and to the fans so, to a certain degree. I felt, you know, that they're paying their money. And they're, you know, out there and they're showing interest. I owe them a you know, hard day's work and yeah. give my full effort and everything. And um, let me ask you, seven four nine seven thousand eight hundred, the big one, pound 700 on AT&T. What do you expect from your professional athletes here locally? And the reason I bring this up, been reading about Trevor Bauer, mm-hmm. pitcher for the Indians. Have you read much about this guy? I have not. I read some about him, uh, some stuff about him last year. He is uh, a jerk. He is a great baseball player, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, he, he was vying for the Cy Young last year and stuff. He basically has said uh, that he doesn't care what anybody thinks of him. He's unpopular in the clubhouse. He uh, cut his finger playing with a drone last year that he wasn't supposed to be doing. I do remember that. <laughs> and uh, he also, there was a little, uh, I say a little girl. A girl who goes to Texas State University. Did you hear about this? Mm-hmm. This is what caught my eye last year. Okay. Lady by the name of Nikki Gillis or Giles, I believe it is. Uh, last uh, last month, she tweeted that Bauer was her least favorite player. Okay. So what? Yeah, right? Deal. Yeah. You know, nothing. Not uh, he's a scumbag, piece of crap. He's her least favorite player. No, she's obviously a baseball fan. Was talking yeah. about players she likes, players she didn't like. She said that uh, Trevor Bauer was her least favorite player. Uh, and uh, that turned to Bauer, who is a professional athlete, adult, a, an adult, a pitcher in the in the uh, in American League Baseball. He mentioned her in eighty tweets and told his followers to basically, like we were just talking a little while ago with uh, with Leslie Rasmussen, to turn on her and her make her Twitter existence. Miserable. Now let me ask you this: the, the person who said this was was this like? I mean, how old is this this person? This girl? She's in college. Okay, uh, just a college girl who yeah, has a whatever probably right, you know, a few 20, hundred, maybe 19. a couple thousand followers, kind of thing. Well, let's just uh, let's see the count. The exact count is here. I have to find it. Uh, he has a hundred and thirty-eight thousand followers. She has seven hundred. Seven hundred. So he's gonna like. Is there anything less flattering than someone who shows thin skin? Right. Here's a, like you said, a professional baseball player worried about someone who has. I, and look, I've been there. I've been, look, I you know, calling games, right? We all do it. You know, me, Beth, and Anthony, we're, we're driving from the game to the airport, and what do you do? You look through your Twitter feed, and lo and behold, guaranteed someone's going to say, Rocky Boyman, you suck at broadcasting. Right. And, the, yeah. and the intuition is to go, it's a jump on him, right? But Correct. you, you kind of take a deep breath and you go, why? Like, again, it's not a good look to show. Thin skin, especially if you're a big time professional pitcher like that. And it's not like she God. went on Twitter and said, Hey, here's this guy's home address. You should go and write, toilet paper it. Yeah, and, yeah. Put flaming dog poop on his porch and stuff, blah, blah, blah. No, she was naming her least favorite and favorite ball players, happened to mention him. He turns 138,000 people loose on her. And what he doesn't realize is, you know, 
directly, directly and indirectly, the, the, I mean, the fans are paying his salary. If if he, you know, if they turn away from the game where they don't like him, that's that's I mean, that's how he kind of makes his his money. You got to understand that. There's a certain no look. You don't have to. You don't owe the fans everything. You shouldn't just you know be a punching bag. You shouldn't allow a fan to spit at you or, or well, push sure. you or that's, punch yeah, you. Yeah. I, I disagree no, no, with that. Right. I mean, you you, sh- you know, but. This sort of thing, I mean, come on, man. You're a grown man. Act like it. I I don't go out of my way to harass anybody. I mean, if you're going to come at me, that's what I do. What a tough guy. Right. Going after a college A 19-year-old college girl. Uh, Let's uh, let's talk to you about it. Hey, Matt, what's going on? What do you expect from your professional athletes? Yo, Matt. Matt, turn your radio down. Fire away. He's caught up to us. Yes. Hey, um, Matt, your thoughts on all this? Hey, how's it going? Good, buddy. Good. So, uh, you know, I think if professional athletes are getting paid, you know, millions of dollars, I expect them to at least produce on the field, you know? Give it their all. I'll give you a perfect example would be Rex Burkett, that used to play for the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, he was a guy that, you know, did everything right, and, and you knew he was giving his 100% effort every time he was out there, right? I mean, he was a guy that was on the borderline of being cut, and he definitely earned his money. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So that, that's my take on it. Thanks, buddy. I, I, I think that's that's fair. I would say that's what most people would say. Is You, you know, you, you don't owe them titles. You don't owe the fans uh, even wins. I, I, th- I think the, the, the what you owe them is – your best effort. version of yourself, which is your best effort. That's that's all. Seven four nine seven thousand eight hundred. The big one pound seven hundred on AT and T. Have you ever mixed it up with a public figure like this? You know, have you uh, said something inadvertently attracted the attention of said individual? Came after you like this? I, I've never, I've never done that. Or I've never had. See, yeah, I usually never get into that. You know, like you know, so and so's a jerk or whatever. It's, you know. Well, the uh, Twitter especially has become that easy outlet to say whatever you want to about someone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Of course. But in, in this case, having this guy, I, I, this just really caught my eye. This stuck in my crawl, man. That's your team, too. You're you're kind of like the Indian. You're a Cleveland guy, right? Uh, not really. I mean, if they're, if they're, you know, if they're the American League team, yeah. I mean, I couldn't tell you three players on the team, but yeah. Except this guy, you hate him. But this guy, I mean... That, this is the most bush. I don't know why this is really pissing <laughs> me off so bad. I love it. Though. It's the most bush this league is, thing I've seen a professional athlete do in a long that's freaking time. What we're supposed time. to do is, is react viscerally to stuff that makes us that makes us mad. You are mad about this. I get it. Let's talk to Kelly about it. Hey, Kelly, what do you have? Your expectations. Hey, well, being Cincinnati, first of all, I expect them not to get arrested and be in trouble all the time. That's fair. <laughs> and you know what? The bottom line is, if they're, you're either a nice person or you're not a nice person. And the guy you're talking about, he's obviously not a nice person. And they're going to be a nice person regardless of if they're an athlete. And, you know, try to be a little nice. But some of them just aren't going to be because they're not. Well, yeah, and what about you know what about when this guy is you know say he goes through a stretch where he's losing a bunch of games and and all this sort of thing you know is is, is he going to expect the fans to still have his back then or, or yeah or, or I, well, I guess I guess he would but he'd be an I think I think that you should still have their back you know if provided I mean honestly it'd be hard for me to have the back of a guy that was a total jerk but the ones that are nice guys obviously there's a lot of them that are. 
And the ones that are, yeah, you should have their back. Everybody has bad days, bad weeks. Yeah, if you're a good person, yeah, Thanks, it's Kelly. easy to kind of say, okay, this guy, he's he's kind of hitting a rough spot right now. But, man, he's a good dude. He signs autographs for kids and, you know, does the right thing. But if not, he can turn on you pretty easy. Hey, Terry, what's going on with you? Your expectations for your athletes? Well, I think they should show as much respect as uh, we deserve as fans spending our money out there every time. But I had this uh, story about Deion Sanders back in the early 90s. Go. He uh, used to have these uh, primetime players. They were a bunch of UC kids. They'd sit in the green section back in the old riverfront. And uh, they'd show up every game. You know, we'd get in for $2. I used to take my cousins down there all the time. And uh, one time they were going to Chicago, and Dion had addressed a couple of them and got their attention and met them after the game and told them that if they could get a date, he would take them or pay for them to go to Chicago. He would buy them a motel room, and he'd give them tickets to go to the game, and he'd have dinner with them. After they went there, I talked to him about two weeks later, and he said, yeah, man, he was just one of the greatest guys. He took, like, four of them up there with dates and went out to dinner with them and gave them great tickets to Wrigley Stadium. That's, that's oh, really that's cool. cool. I, I've always heard he was Thanks, good buddy. when he came to that. And by the way, I, I you know, when I was in, during my playing days, I, I felt that. I empathized with the fan who – was paying their money because I'd be like, God, man! I mean, tickets for these games are not cheap. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I, I felt like you again. You, you owed them at least a, a you know a full effort. Hey, Greg, what's going on with you, buddy? Your expectations? Hey, what's up? What's up? How you guys doing? Good. Uh, yeah, I, I met uh, Andrew Whitworth at a bank. Nicest guy you'll ever meet in your entire life. I'm not the kind of guy that goes up to public figures and, and you know because yeah, there's the personal life. I don't want to be that guy. I even went up there and told him, I was like, listen, Andrew Whitworth. I said, Andrew Whitworth. I'm like, I don't want to be that guy, but I just want to, you know, talk to you and meet you or whatever. He's the nicest guy ever. And then the second time, I got stopped by Rocky Boyman. For, oh, shut up. For the autograph. No, I was, uh, it was uh, the past uh, uh, training camp. And uh, you were analyzing him or whatever, and you walk up the field like, hey, Rocky, you know, can I get your autograph? You just kind of looked at me. Oh, I, I <laughs> Uh, you were busy. I do. Okay, I was going to say, I, I probably couldn't have, Thanks, Greg. I probably couldn't uh, believe I mean, you wanted mine. Uh, I hold you up there. There's Ronald Reagan and Rocky Point. There you go, Greg. Thank and you. And I got, all right, dude, you got tickets. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks, buddy. I'm ashamed. <laughs> Snubby. Here I am talking a big game. I don't even remember that. Just shoe fly. Get the hell out of here. Uh, Greg, I'll sign it next time. I'm sorry. Uh, now, so you got to pull a Dion and like yeah, buy him airplane tickets to someplace. Yeah, Jeff Ruby's. Oh, man. Rob, what do you have? Bribes are the best payment. That's Absolutely. Right. Always work. From the UC Health Traffic Center, UC Health in Science Lives Hope. Still working on the accident. Southbound 75 at uh, Freeman. The left lane is closed. You're heavy toward the viaduct. There's now an accident eastbound 275 east of Hamilton Avenue, and it's blocking the left lane. It's an injury accident on the left side of the roadway. Um, heavy traffic northbound 75 between Buttermilk and the bridge, then Mitchell to Paddock southbound 75. You're stop and go between Galbraith and 74, then from Liberty to the Brent Spence. North 71, quite a crowd between Smith Edwards and Pfeiffer. Southbound 71 from Fields Ertel to Pfeiffer, then from Kenwood to Red Bank. Rob Williams, News Radio 700 WLD. Eddie and Rocky talking about what you expect from your professional athletes. 
Got us talking about uh, Trevor Bauer, who's a pitcher for the Indians. He was an all-star last year, vied for the uh, Cy Young. Hell of a guy. He's got a weird workout regimen. I know that. And uh, apparently it's not the nicest fellow in the world and doesn't mind people knowing that. Right. He went after a a girl, a college, college girl, girl who has 700 followers on Twitter. He has, what, a couple hundred thousand? 130-something. And proceeded to... Just like multiple times, right? Laid into her. 80 times he mentioned her name after all she said on God, Twitter was, loose you know, my favorite player is whatever, Joey Votto. I really don't like Trevor Bauer. I mean, I, from that, I, it went from there. I'm, I mean, who's my favorite? Uh, Bo Jackson, right? He's not on Twitter, right? But like, say, you know, if he, let's say he did that, I would be like, dude, really? Like, right. that, that was, he would knock, he would go down a couple notches. I would see, like, this guy is not stable. Let's talk to uh, Jason about it. Hey, Jason, thanks for holding. Bud, you're on with Ed and Rock. Hey, thanks for having me. How you guys doing? Good. That's good. Hey, I wonder if this guy is idolizing Ty Cobb or something like that because, like, he was the biggest jerk in all of sports history, but it's somehow, you know, kind of forgotten because he was one of the best baseball players in history. So yeah, unless this but- guy can really hold hold a jock up to him, you know, like, I really don't care. He needs to probably lighten up. <laughs> yeah, and th- thanks, Jason. But try to imagine back in the day, if there would have been social media, say when like Ty Cobb was. Well, some of those, oh, some hey, of Ruth. some of those stuff, some of the stuff those guys got away with. Good God. lord, man. Well, and listen, I mean, he brings up an interesting point, though. I mean, if you look, if if you are, I mean, I'm talking creme de la creme, the top. Yeah, you can probably afford to be a be a jerk, but why? Like, why not? What's the point? You know, what's the point of it? Hey, Brandon, what's going on with you? You got some tales to tell on my boy over here? Oh, God. Rocky? Yeah. No, I don't have too many tales. I was uh, I was actually a year older. Okay. Played for Bridgetown. Yeah. But I know you played for, uh, he has a nickname, so I can say it, uh, Zip. Oh, yeah, Zip. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Zip's yeah, the toughest yeah, yeah. dude I ever knew, man. If I was going to yeah. Foxhall, I'd take Zip with me. Yeah. Well, yeah. we all came to the west side. Yeah. And uh, really, I mean... There's there's been a few people that's made it around here. I uh, I'm an interior trim carpenter. I'm now trimming houses for Andre Frazier, which you know I played with well. him for a year of the Steelers. Yeah, good dude. Yes, yeah. yes, he's a really good dude. He uh, he Thank had a lot you. to say about lot a lot of good stuff to say about you. Cool. But I was uh, Dana Stubblefield. I also grew up with him. I was real young, but uh, he was like the bigger brother. Hung out with the crowd. Mm-hmm. But just not a lot of people have made it come around here. And the, the things that everybody expects, you know, they expect you to win, of mm-hmm. course. But I think the biggest part is being, you know, respectful and growing up. And back to the social media stuff. All these young kids doing the social media thing, when, when, you know, everything you put out there will be out there. Oh, yeah. So they, it ain't going know, nowhere. No ever. delete. It's on the cloud, wherever that is. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, all that young dumb stuff thing that you do is going to follow you, especially if you're in the NFL. Yeah, well, you're right, and and for with Trevor Bauer, for I mean, you know, he's thanks, Brandon. And Brand, thank you. Um, it's one thing if you like, you know, say some fan says something, you like, oh, you're a jerk or go to hell right, or something. Right, right. That's one thing, but again, on you say it on social media, it's it's there. You cannot doesn't go away. Hey, Scott, what's going on with you? Your thoughts on what we're talking about here. Hello? Yo, Scott. Yeah. Hey, 
uh, we should kind of be used to it simply from the standpoint we had Homer Bailey here for a while. <laughs> no, that's true. I mean, I mean, he wasn't very endearing when it came to certainly not well, I mean, he wasn't as off. He wasn't as off the wall, but right. at the end of the day. Yeah, you didn't get the you didn't get the feeling thanks, that he was guy. like, and I guess I don't know. I, guess I heard all the stories, but I, I, I honestly I can't say firsthand. Right, I, I can't either. But you know, your reputation kind of goes around with you a little bit. I mean, back in the day, you know that I had a a little thing towards Matt Lados because he disrespected my boy Sag. I know I had the same sort of thing. That's the guy that hurt his knee tripping over a pitcher's mound, right? I believe so. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Snap! <laughs> I always, you know what? Get, get, get me on that soapbox. I just hate he like Jim Day, for instance, would be like doing like doing a segment during a game. Yeah. He'd be like throwing sunflower seeds. I'm like, what is this wrong with this guy? It's like a big dopey kid. Come on. Well, that's a whole different topic for another day. Yes. We could go for a while on that one. But now the news, and then. Willy! God, he's got a billion things he wants to talk about. <laughs> but now the new 700 WLW. Rock, this guy is where the weather suits his clothes. He's got to be chomping at the bit, man. <laughs> just just to talk to anybody, somebody, right? i tell you what, guys, uh, I need to babble. I've been basically, <laughs> in my life, I've never been off work for two weeks and two days. And I'm so filled with piss and vinegar and bile, i got to come back. I'm coming back early. I can't take it anymore. I have to talk. I bet the people at the drive through down the street from you are going nuts. <laughs> oh, God, please. Well, please. They sit there, order a cup of coffee, and talk for 20 minutes. <laughs> I pull into Starbucks, and I, I have a colloquy. I have a discussion with the woman on the other end saying, you have to stand. Let's talk about the Mueller probe. We're going to talk about FC Cincinnati. What about Red's opening day? She looks at me like I'm crazy. She thinks I'm nuts, Eddie. I, I don't get it anymore, man. I want to come back. I can't take it anymore. So, so before we get into what we are going to ask you, what, what is your number? What's the number one thing in Willie's crawl right now? What's the number one thing you're just waiting to babble about? Well, the, the thing that has me a little bit fired up is the fact that we're in some sort of a crisis on the southern border and all that kind of crap, which, of course, we are. I'll tell you what a crisis is. When the head of the FBI wants you removed from office having just been elected. Now, that's a constitutional that's a crisis right there. <laughs> that McCabe, that's a crisis. Comey, now we're talking. Can you imagine, Eddie, what would have happened if a couple of weeks into the new Obama term, if uh, the holdovers from the Bush administration concocted a scheme to get Obama out of office? What would the media have done with that one? Oh, Lord, man. Oh, yeah, it would have. It would have been ugly with a capital U. <laughs> and I'm telling you right now, uh, McCabe is doing this book tour. I'm trying to get him on Sunday night to talk about how in the hell, who appointed you the green potentate to make invalid a national election because you didn't like the people that we selected. And McCabe and Comey and Strzok and Page and Baker and all the rest, they're all gone. I'm not talking about the FBI, Rock. I'm talking about five or six people. And what they did to this country was it was like a bloodless coup was going on. No, no question about it, man. I agree with everything you just said. A bloodless coup. What do you? How about the uh, Cub Cap, two hundred fifty million dollars oh. against Wapo? Well, you guys may know in nineteen sixty four when I wrote my doctoral dissertation in nineteen seventy five to get my juris doctorate degree, I wrote on New York Times versus Sullivan, which is the landmark U.S. Supreme Court case on who can sue, who can't be sued. 
And uh, basically, they're going to have to thread the needle here because many times, if you're under 18, your character cannot be impugned because one has to assume until it, while you're a kid or a juvenile, you, you, don't, you haven't developed enough character. And, and for, for the, I certainly hope they can get to a jury. If you get to a jury, Nick Sandman, you can Google that guy's name, Eddie, in 25 years. Google the name Nick Sandman long after maybe you and I are gone and Rock is in mid-fury. 25 years from now, guess what? Nick Sandman's oh, going to yeah. pop up. There's a picture of him and the fake Indian That's guy. Him. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's just, just like the three dudes from Duke Lacrosse. Google their names, and all of a sudden, none of them can find work. What company's going to hire them? What company's going to hire Nick Sandman? And so I pray to God you overcome a Rule 12b-6 and a Rule 56. They get to a jury. If they get to a jury, they're going to light up the Washington Post. Well, well let me ask you this, though, Willie. I mean, they're suing for $250 million, which happens to be the same amount that Jeff Bezos paid for the Washington Post. Could Is that a mistake? Whereas the, 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 the case that WAPO could make is, look, this is clearly like a revenge kind of thing and kind of tie it to the number. Is, is it kind of asking too much to where people go, come on, I, okay, I agree this guy's life's wrecked a little bit, but $250 right. million bucks, and it happens to be the same price that uh, Bezos paid for the Washington Post. Well, I'll say this, Rock. I'll say to you, Eddie, if somebody said, I'm going to wreck your life, and here's $12.5 million, what would you say? I'll take it. <laughs> wreck away. <laughs> How much would you do? I'd take, I'd take 7 or $8 million to have a wrecked life. And so, yes, <laughs> it, it looks to me on paper as if this is a public relations lawsuit instead of a real. Because obviously, yes. if a jury would award $200 million, it would be reversed on appeal. It's not going to fly anywhere. And I have, I have great sympathy for the Cupcats boys. I, I want them to sue Bishop Foy. I want them to sue Bishop Stowe of Lexington. Those are the guys. Go after those guys. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, they, they were essentially, you know, a, a part of it. I'm sure that those two will be a part of, of of this case here against the Washington Post as well. I hope so. You got CNN, you got ABC, all of them going after. All it took was white male, mega hat wearing, right to life, straight. That's all it took. Bada boom, bada bing, bada bang, bada boom, bada bang. <laughs> Every liberal note on the piano was hit. And that kid represented a smirk, or whatever. I think it was a smile, what they call it. He represented everything the liberals hate in this country, and they came after him with hooks and claws. Hooks and claws, kind of like the uh, Smollett matter in Chicago when he, he, he sent himself a hate letter. And, and then after that didn't work, then he hires two Nigerians to rough him up a little bit, and all of a sudden he's a victim. He's going to sign a long-term guaranteed contract with Empire. That whole thing's falling apart too, and it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Is, is that, that that's what the most could, unbelievable story of the year? So, Willie, so what far. could possibly happen to him? What's the what well, kind of uh, punishment can that uh, guy undergo? There's two things going on. One is the uh, U.S. Postal Service. The the bullcrap hate letter that he generated himself. What was sent using U.S. Postal Service. So, so that's a wire fraud to commit a hate crime that carries up to ten years in prison. The other thing are three counts uh, of uh, three years filing false police statements and false police reports. That's three years in, uh, in Illinois State Prison. And he's looking at a, maybe a year or two in prison. And I pray to God they prosecute the son of a gun because there are serious hate crimes. Every now and then, something like that does happen. Yeah. And almost every time I hear about a hate crime now, I'm thinking about the Bowling Green State University, allegedly, where some nooses are put on some black kid's door. It come out that the Falcons, that he put the noose on his door himself. There, there was a Muslim woman in uh, Eastern Michigan University 
who sent herself a hate letter that, that caused the university to go into almost lockdown, that everyone had to go through diversity training. It came out six months later. She sent the hate letter herself. And, in fact, if you go to dailycaller.com, they have page after page uh, of hoaxes Missouri that are hate crimes. But, but let, me ask, and, let me ask you something. Well, first of all, the, the, the main crime in this is when actual real hate crimes go down, no one's going to believe them because of this boy who cried wolf kind of BS that this guy pulls here. That, that's the that's exactly. what everyone should be talking about. But let me ask you this. Well, you really think, even though he should, he should get a year plus jail. I, mean, you, I don't know if you know this, but... The police. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Aren't that popular on the south side of Chicago. Do you nah. think they're able to, they're going to be able to throw him in jail for two years, even if he deserves it? How do you see that deal going down? Well, the Democrats, of course, control all of the Chicago. And so you're going to be in front of a the Democratic prosecutor has recused herself because she had met Smollett. And so they got a special prosecutor. But we're not dealing with uh, really hard law and order types when you deal with these kinds of activities because those who are going to be sentencing believes in a fact that uh, that the white Republican mega hat wearing straight individuals want to do that to people and which is false but nonetheless we're not dealing in a we're not dealing in an area where there's a whole bunch of law and order in the city of Chicago right just exactly. the opposite yes just the opposite so I don't see him going to jail Probably if he'd belly up to the bar and say, you know what, I'm sorry for what I've done. I did this. I apologize. I bet they wouldn't file charges against him at all. Wow. I agree. All right. Let's uh, talk about the pressing legal. The real serious issue. The here. pressing legal issue of the day, Willie. You heard the, unfortunately, uh, designer Carl Lagerfeld died right. uh, yesterday or day before. Have right. you seen the man's worth over $200 million? Yeah. Have you seen he has no living heirs? And that he, they may be leaving his vast fortune to his cat. Shall, shall, <laughs> well, that's illegal. Shall bet. <laughs> okay, it is. It is so illegal. We were running if we that's legal or not. Yeah, we seriously wanted to know this. <laughs> that, the, 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 the cat, the pussy cat, cannot receive assets. <laughs> it's not a competent human being. It's not a trust. The cat doesn't work. That guy's a goofball. That Carl is a goofball. <laughs> the, the pussy cat cannot accept assets. So you might be able to care for the cat, put him in a nice place, but but the state or the country, the nation, has a will for him. If you die without a will, oh. there's intestate succession, and somewhere down the somewhere way down the ladder is if nothing else works, the money goes to the state. At the oh. end of the day, we all have a will. Uh, if you don't have a will, there's like ten steps of who gets your property, and the last step is to the state. Right, which is, by the way, is a painful process. I've done it. They ask you, what happens if you die? What happens if you and your wife and everybody dies? What right. happens if everybody you know dies? All these questions that are terrible. But to your point, if you don't want your money going to the state, make sure you get a will and go through that process. Yeah, I mean, if, if he thought about it, he could have sent it to the Humane Society or set up somebody as a right. guardian and take care of his cat. But the way the law is written, when nothing else works, at the bottom of that ladder is going to be the state. And so whatever state he died in or uh, whatever nation he died in, uh, that country is going to get all of his assets. Wow. 
and uh, and he's stupid. I mean, the, the guy the guy <laughs> looks stupid. That guy is stupid. That guy is uh, real stupid. Because uh, we were wondering about that. Because uh, you, you hear about people trying to do that all the time. We just didn't know if that actually followed no. through. Okay. I got to change, change my succession. will. Then. Sorry. Right. Change your will in Ted Day's succession at the end of the deal. You know, if you die without a will, it goes to your husband or to your wife. If that happens, that goes to your kids. If that doesn't work, and mom and dad. If that doesn't work, brothers and sisters. If that doesn't work, aunts and uncles. If that doesn't work, cousins. If that doesn't work, fine time. Go to that blog, 700WLW.com. Check out Eddie and Rocky. Cool stuff, as always, including a woman fighting a hawk over her puppy. A weird creature. I don't know what it is. Maybe you can figure it out. The song of the day featuring Queen this week because of the Academy Awards and Bohemian Rhapsody. It's all Queen songs. This is a good one today, man. You'll like that one. Well, you and I, during one of the breaks, we watched the trailer to the new Motley Crue movie, The Dirt. That looks good. I will be there with bells on. I may dress up for it as well. And also, uh, he was already in a, doing a just a breakdown. Spot on. Burn down the house version of Home Sweet Home. And also, uh, there on the blog, pictures of Rocky's uh, backpacking trip. Yes. Out to uh, Arizona. Me playing with fire and hiking and hiking and then more hiking. So earlier, you know, we were talking about um, what you expect from your professional athletes, from your public figures. Yes. And what do you think about closing out here with some stories? Uh, people, your run-ins with famous people. Yeah, good and bad, right? Like yeah. horror story ones yeah. or your favorite. Th- that would have to be the worst. Like. If, like, a guy you held, like, just totally revered, right, and you finally got to meet him, and it turned out to be a total a-hole, that'd be just, that'd be a crusher. Seven four nine seven thousand eight hundred. the big one, pound 700 on AT&T. We'll take your stories. Like Rock said, good and bad. Um, it's been many years ago. It was in um, New York City, and there were a couple other couples there. Shoot, I'm McConnell, I might have been there, I forget. But, um... There were three couples out, and one guy was notorious. It was one of the we were this fancy steakhouse, Smith and Walensky in New York. Oh yeah, and uh, great stuff. So it's one of those we had a reservation, but if you don't mind going into the into the bar here for ten minutes, we table's almost ready. Cool. So okay. we go in and get a cocktail. So my one buddy is notorious for wandering off. He's the guy who's everybody's buddy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Oh, he, yeah. He'll make friends with anybody. So he wanders off. Like he's going to go to the men's room or something. So we're standing around, standing around. Somebody finally goes, where's Rick? And I, he walked over that way someplace. And the bar's packed. So I, well, we, we need to get him over here in case they call us for our table, right? So I go walking over there. And there he is just holding forward, talking to this poor guy there, leaning against the guy. He's got his back to me. And I walk up and I go, hey, buddy, we need to get over there. They're going to call us pretty soon. And he goes, oh, I'm just here talking to my buddy Sam. And I turn around, I look at it's Sam Shepard. Wow. You know, the old actor, yeah. writer guy? Mm-hmm. And uh, this was not too long after this, how long? Well, I take that back. Bright stuff had been out for a while. But uh, and that's but that's one of my favorite movies. I'm going, Sam Shepard. Yeah. He goes, yeah, good to meet you, man. Nicest guy in the universe. See, that's great. And uh, I sit there and just chit-chatted with us for a good, try to blow us off, chit-chatted for a minute. He goes, well, it's good to meet you. He goes, oh, I got to get going. My buddy's here now. And I look over, and uh, the guy walking up, it's the guy who was the manager in Major League. Remember that old, oh, yeah. that old walrusy looking dude? Oh, what's his name? Um, 
Oh God! But, yeah. the name of the movie. You know, yeah. Yeah. But he comes. He goes walking up. And he goes, "Oh, these are my buddies. Hey, Here's yeah. uh, Ed and Rick." And I'm yeah. like, "I'm going, dude." They go, "Well, great meeting you guys. Cool, great meeting you." We go back and uh, telling everybody what had happened. They're like, "You did not." <laughs> so, <laughs> I was like, "If it was him by himself, I wouldn't believe him." But I'm not going to agree with his story. Hey, let's talk to Mark about it. Hey, Mark, talking about celebrity run-ins. What is yours? Hey, we had, uh, as part of a fundraiser, we were able to have lunch with Marty Brenneman. And, you know, you, you listen to him and you think you know somebody, but I, I tell you, actually sitting across the table, you don't. I can tell you, he, he wasn't rushed. He sat there with four of us for about two hours, and he was one of the nicest, most genuine people oh, I've yeah. ever had the opportunity to meet. Yeah, that's great. And I, I tell you what, Mark, I guarantee you that he never lacked for a story, huh? No, he did. No, he was extremely entertaining, and you know, there was some back and forth, different players, different thoughts on things. Absolutely terrific afternoon with him. See, now, that's, that's yeah, kind of cool. Yeah. Matches right up with my experience. I was going to say, it doesn't surprise me now. Hey, Chris, what's going on? Talking about celebrity run-ins. What do you have? Good afternoon, gentlemen. I, I've had several because I grew up in California. But believe it or not, the two people I did meet were famous. I, I met at, at CBG. That was Clint Eastwood and uh, Wolfman Jack before he passed away. Two of the nicest guys. But I, I don't hold. I've never really had any bad experiences with any of these people because I, I don't hold any of them holier than thou above anybody else. And where is it written that just because you're an athlete now or this and that that you, you're not allowed to be an a hole like everybody else? Uh, where, where is that written? Because I, most people don't care about their personalities. They're a fan of their play. They're a fan of their ability. They don't give a damn if this guy goes home and walks around in baby's underwear as long as he hits a 400-footer. <laughs> well, I, I agree with that, but but I think the the one stipulation is Thanks, they, they don't care what they do in their personal lives, but they, I, I would say 99% of fans don't want their heroes to be jerks. Well, what we're just talking they about, care if you're, everybody's allowed to have a bad day. That's not the point here. We're talking about like this one dude who seems to be going out of his way to be a jerk. Well, it's just yeah, for no reason. It's just a bad look. It shows you have very thin skin, which is an unflattering look, especially for a pro athlete. Seven four nine seven thousand eight hundred. The big one pound the seven hundred on AT and T. Your celebrity run-ins coming in next after the news. News Radio seven hundred WLW. Hey, and Rocky talking about your celebrity run-ins. Good, bad, indifferent. Hey, David, thanks for holding, buddy. You're up next. What do you have? Who'd you run into? Well, I was working in a, back in the late 80s. I was working down at the then Omni Nellon Plaza Hotel, and I was going to college, and so I got to see a few different celebrities. But my most memorable one was working late one night and got a call that the Pointer Sisters were in go up and check on them and see if they need anything. And so I'm like, wow, I'm going to get to meet the Pointer Sisters and had visions of glamour and these poor ladies. I, I knocked on each one of their doors, and they, I felt so bad for them. They looked like death warmed over. They were exhausted. Um, uh, the first, uh, and I don't know what their names were. Uh, I don't know who I met when, but first one opened the door. She was exhausted. No, I don't need anything. Her husband's in the background. Second one opened the door. doesn't need anything. Well, the, the, the third, the tallest, they were all extremely tall. You know, they're about seven feet tall. Uh, let me in the room, and she had some stuff for me to take uh, out to the trash. And so I'm chatting with her a little bit, and I get up to the nerd and say, hey, do you think I could have any concert tickets? And she looks right at me and says, so did you try and buy any? 
I felt like such an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) But believe it or not, so the rest of the story is I did not work the next day, but she called down, asked for me by name, and she had tickets for me, but I wasn't there to get them. So she was nice enough to do that. That was good. She kind of thought about it. Oh, I thought you were going to say she called down to the desk and asked for your I boss. I would have got fired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was, I was living on the edge. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. That's all I got. Thanks. Thanks, man. That was good. Hey, Mark, what's going on? Who'd you run into, buddy? Um, Lewis Tucker. Who's that? You familiar with him? Um, the Sarge from F Troop. Oh, Forrest Tucker. Yeah. Boy, that's old school. Forrest Tucker. Um, I ran into him. Uh, my band was playing for one of those program uh, tournaments up at Kings Island uh, for the golfing when the golfers used to come there. Uh, or maybe it was tennis. I forget which one. In fact, I think it was tennis. That doesn't matter. Uh, Forrest Tucker is at the, you know, we're doing like this uh, banquet thing, sort of like as they're coming off the course. And uh, um, we were playing like a light jazz set. Uh, you know, good music, and uh, he comes up. I saw him coming. He walked right up to me, and uh, I said, "Hi, Sarge." <laughs> and uh, he uh, just—he already had his whole monologue uh, set. Yeah, he wasn't ready for any uh, joviality. He said, "Turn that effing." excrement down, and you can substitute the right word. That's all he said. <laughs> so Forrest Tucker was a swell guy. He was uh, like the like he was in character, yes. <laughs> hey, Tim, who did you run into celebrity-wise? Hey, Eddie and Rocky, love the show. Thanks, man. Uh, hey, uh, I, for my son's 21st birthday party, we went to Vegas, and we met Danny Coker, and Tammy Hagar, both at their places. Nice. Those guys were incredible and very nice. The one, the other celebrity that we met was at Rick from Rick's Restoration. He was a complete jerk. Rick's Restoration. Oh, the uh, the car guy on the on the TV show. Uh, he he was the one that restored the old Coke machines and all that. Oh, okay. okay. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, kind of. Uh... Blonde-haired guy, right? So wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Sammy Hagar is a nice guy, and the guy with oh, the Sammy, Rick, Rick, Rick from Hagar, Restoration. <laughs> Sammy Hagar went out of his way because I asked the uh, hostess. I was like, man, I'd like to get a picture with Sammy. She went up. She said, I'll let him know. When he was done eating, he came and sought me out and uh, got my picture with him. But Rick from Rick's Restoration. Not so much. I walked up to him. I walked to him. And I said, hey, how you doing? I love your show. I hands, and he just looked at me and sort of grunted. I was like, I'll never watch your show again. Yeah, exactly. There there's, you go. Not, there's not too many people watching Rick from Restorations or whatever. Well, especially to recognize and come up and be nice enough to say, hey, yeah, man. Most people, even, well, he'd walk by the thing four times to pass the studio. I wouldn't know who he was. Hey, Dan, what's going on? Who did you run into, man? Well, uh, many moons ago, back in the late 70s, early 80s, I was at the Marriott Hotel in Indianapolis, and I spent three or four years straight in the tour, bar, tour bus with Marshall Tucker and uh, even got autographs of the 76ers with Dr. J and, and the uh, Chocolate Thunder himself, Daryl Douglas. But the big claim was Parliament uh, Funkadelic, Bootsy Collins, George Clinton, and, and uh, yeah. James Brown. They uh, got a call to the room. I was the maintenance technician. They got a call. They were hot. 
I walked in, felt pretty good to me, but it was typical of people moving in to their rooms, and they had a big room. They would be hot with all the energy, so I proceeded to take the door off, and lo and behold, there was this uh, large, um, well, good three-quarters an ounce of marijuana in the uh, fan. And I'm like, oh, gentlemen, this seems to be the problem right here. Can somebody help me with this? And they all volunteered to take that bag out of my hands for me, and I, I closed her because what they had done was open the little door up and try to hit, hide it down in there, and it must have fell, and they couldn't reach it. But uh, needless to say, I didn't get much work done the rest of that afternoon. Yeah, there you, there go, you man. go, Getting high with Parliament, fucking deli. Old boys How about Parliament. that? That'd be cool. Story. Hey, Melissa, who did you run into? Well, a couple of people. Um, the first was when I was about eight years old, back in 75, 76. Uh, the Big Red Machine was going on. They had a book out. And Pete Rose came to downtown Dayton, Elder Beerman's. And so I stood in line to um, go up and meet him. Um, I was a fan of Johnny Bench. And I was, um, I was 10 years old. And so I stood in line, he signed the book, and I asked him if I, he would tell Johnny Bench I said hello, and he said, I don't have time for that, to a 10-year-old. <laughs> As opposed to said, you betcha, or whatever. Yeah, and to this day, I have not met Johnny yet, and if he was being asked to me, I, that would just devastate me. That's the thing, um, man. If your heroes like are total jerks, that, that crushes you. That leaves a little thanks, mark. Thanks, Melissa. Man. Yeah. Hey. Well, and hey, Pete Rose. I mean, I liked him then, and I respect him as a player, but as a person, and I'm 50 years old now. Um, I can't stand the man because what he did to me back then. You I know. See, yeah, thanks, it doesn't leave you. I, I get it. So, yeah, I get so it. John, I know Johnny's a big fan of this show. John, Melissa says hi. How about that? Yeah. There we go. We'll make the make the connection. There's a make good for you. Hey, Glenn, who did you run into? This is Edwin. Oh, well, I got just Glenn, but go ahead, Edwin. All right. Uh, back in 85, my brother and I lived I lived in Chicago back then. Uh, we decided to go to a restaurant on a Friday night and with uh, his wife, uh, his kids, and his sister-in-law and their kids. And so I accompanied them. So as we walked into the restaurant, my brother and I, we were ta- bringing up the rear and I turned around to say something to my brother, and I saw that he had stopped back there about maybe three or four steps behind me, and he was talking to Gary Fensick from the Chicago Bears. So I walked back there, and, uh, you know, I, I introduced myself as well, and then we talked a little bit, and so Gary, while shaking hands, he said to my brother, he says, so you're here with all these kids? And he said, yeah. He said, I'd rather be facing Green Bay on a bad day than to have, to have all these kids in a restaurant. And so... After that, we got back to the table. You know, we're all excited, and we tell the girls this, and they go, "Okay, like it's no biggie." Well, if you don't, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Gary Fensick, man, back in the day with the Bears, that's pretty tight. He's not one of the ones I know, though. Uh, he was part of that forty-six defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I, I can't picture his face right now. It's bothering me. Seven four nine seven thousand eight hundred. The big one pound seven hundred on AT and T. We got time for a couple more calls. Your celebrity run-ins. Rob, you ever run into anybody famous? I have. I was coming out of the <laughs> coming out of my studio here. Uh, this was back probably in two thousand ten or two thousand eleven, and I thought I was seeing things. There's Hulk Hogan walking past my door with his daughter. <laughs> so I just blurted out the first thing that came out of my head. 
How's it going, brother? <laughs> <laughs> and he turned around and, and said, hey, brother, and uh, had a little chat and got my picture taken with him. And I'm I'm not a, a petite man by any means. He made me look like a He's dwarf. A big, big man. His I, hands. I, I met him once, too. Like not, not I didn't get as, as close to him as, as you did in terms of being able to talk to him. I just you know, saw him at an asylum of a game, but he is huge. Oh, his hands were twice the size of mine. Big boy. Nice. Super nice. Nice. I was walking. See, you get to meet Hulk Hogan. I was walking down the hallway, and Ricky Martin was walking the other way. <laughs> La Vida Loca, baby. Yeah, live La Vida Loca. Oh. And they had said, Ricky Martin had t- told the record people or whoever was his his handlers, don't let anybody in the hallway when I'm traversing the hallways. I don't want to see anybody. I don't want to talk to anybody. Nice guy. Well, I didn't get, <laughs> I, I didn't get the memo. Oh boy! And I was just coming to work. I was walking down the hallway, and here comes a guy. Huh, looks like Ricky Martin, and I just kept on walking. Nobody said anything to me. Wow! But I it was like, what's the big rigmarole? I, I didn't my... even know he had a career anymore. That's hey, like funny. Two songs. That was it. <laughs> yeah. Didn't he sing "Who Let the Dogs Out"? No, that was the. Um... Something Baja man. Baja, good God! I was I was being Cute. sarcastic, Ricky Martin. <laughs> from from the he would have killed to have you let the dogs out. <laughs> I heard he passed that song up. Yeah, they wanted to give it to him. It's like a he passed it off to the Baja man. <laughs> like the dude who was it who passed up the George Foreman grill? It was oh, Hulk Hogan, yeah. was it? Yeah. Was it Hulk? Was it Hulk? Yeah, it I was Hulk. I believe it was. I yeah, it was. how about that? I'm sorry, Tying it all together. Yeah. I feel bad for you. Yeah. From the UC Health Traffic Center, UC Health in Science Lives Hope. Uh, have an, uh, broken down, actually, southbound. Eddie and Rocky, just a little while longer, coming up here at the top of the hour, the Hot Stove League. But in the meantime, still taking your calls as to celebrity run-ins. Hey, Pat, thanks for holding your own with Ed and Rock. Who'd you run into? Well, I used to, speaking of a-holes, I used to drive a bus around the airport, and all the other bus drivers warned me about this one passenger who said, you do not want this guy on your bus. And I said, well, I'll make up my own mind. So anyway, I got the call, go pick up this customer. He gets on my bus. He's the only one. And it's none other than Oscar Robinson, the famous basketball player. Yeah. And it just so happens it was the day of the Super Bowl. And so just to make small talk, I said, hey, Mr. Robinson, who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl? And he just started cussing and repeating the question at the same time, like for the whole five minutes left. He said, Super Bowl, I don't care about no TV Super Bowl. And uh, I guess he must have had a bad flight. <laughs> yeah, it must have had a bad day. It was a big Ouch. Yeah, everyone was right. They just said, listen, stay away from this guy. He's kind of rude. And I said, well, I don't believe you until I see it. But well, that's my story. It, yeah. And thanks, Pat. Yeah. Well, you know, don't, don't believe it until you see it, right? Yeah, yeah, well, that's the thing. You get people get a reputation, and sometimes it's opposite, but sometimes it's right on the money. Maybe, maybe it was earned. <laughs> hey, Ben, what's going on with you talking about celebrity run-ins? Yeah, this was back in the early 90s, and uh, me and some buddies just went down and uh, watched for opening day, and uh, we had a room at the Embassy Suites, and uh, I ran into some players at Willie's. We're at Willie's up on the hill. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, we had a few cocktails, and uh, we get to Embassy Suites. And uh, we get, once we get to the embassy suites, I, uh, uh, they didn't have no room. My room, my confirmation number somehow went off, and I didn't have a room. So uh, after a few cocktails I had already in me, I said to them, I said, okay. At the time, it was one of the Bushes was the president. I said, you mean to tell me? I said, let me talk to the manager. The manager comes out. He goes, can I help you? I said, I had a room. I have confirmation number, opening day tomorrow. We're from out of town. We need, to, we need a room. You guys screwed up. 
say, I'm sorry, we have no room. I said, okay, you mean to tell me if President Bush didn't walk it through them doors right now, you wouldn't find him a room? And the guy says, well, I'm sure we would. And I said, well, I'm pretty sure he's not coming, so give me his room. <laughs> and the guy just started laughing. The guy just started laughing, and the man just, guess what? I'm comping you this, his room. <laughs> nice. There you <laughs> so, go. That's great, man. Yeah. Very cool. Way to go, Ben. Ben, I'm going to steal that one, I think. <laughs> hey, Dave, what's your celebrity run-in? Hey, guys. It's, it's uh, local, but uh, in the early 80s, I worked for the concession company at Music Hall. Mm-hmm. and worked one of the uh, Lindner dinners they had down there at the holidays and was on the food service group and was coming through the crowd with a big plate of jumbo shrimp. And this enormous hand reaches out and stops me stops me in my chest and says, well, partner, what you got there? I look up and it's Dave Lapham. <laughs> so, and yeah, was, he has some big mitts his, on him too, man. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it was in his playing days, and, and he's I'm a small guy, he's a big guy, and I swear he took half that damn tray with one hand. So. <laughs> Yeah, to go he, back he and said, yeah, re-up on the big boy. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> hey, Les, thanks for holding, buddy. What's your celebrity run-in? Yeah, uh, at the time I was in the in the National Guard, and I, it happened right after 9-11. I got stationed up at Columbus Airport for security duty, and I'm sitting there uh, doing my thing, and I, I noticed this guy coming down the line, and I'm like, yeah, that guy looks really familiar. And the closer he got, I was like, holy cow, it's Eddie George. So he gets he gets closer, he gets up on me. I said, Mr. George, I'm a huge fan. My wife's a huge fan. And I wouldn't be able to get back inside the house if my wife knew I met you without getting an autograph. He said, well, all right. He said, do you have anything I can sign? I didn't have anything on me at the time. All I had was my pen. I had my uniform on. I had a sweater over it because it was, it was wintertime. And I just pulled my sweater up, and he signed my uniform shirt, Eddie George. And uh, I got home with it and showed it to my wife, and she says, give that to me. I said, not on your life. That's <laughs> <laughs> mine. <laughs> and we'll be keeping it. <laughs> Good stuff, Les. Thanks, Thanks, buddy. That's, isn't that a wife thing to do, though? I got this really cool thing. Give it to me. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Mine. <laughs> Uh, that's a lot of fun. We'll have to do that. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Good stories, guys. Thanks. It's Hot Stove League now. After the news, News Radio 700 WLW. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.